Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Carolina people. I know, I know who they are here. I, I know the, the folks making the ruckus. Congratulations to the Tigers. They're going to the national championship again. That's great. That's awesome. Um, great that your guys are here. Let me just tell you, starting next week, we'll be beginning a, a new series called Manifesto. And um, I don't use this card often. You know I'm, I'm not uh, the best preacher in town. Um, I don't always get it right. You know, some of you are just awesome. I'm like a car wreck that you just show up to see on a Sunday morning. It's like, dang, I'm surprised that God keeps this guy alive. But there are some times when God genuinely inspires me, gives me an idea that, and that will be starting next week. Um, it'll be a series called Manifesto. And it's a real challenge to the idea of letting the new year happen or even challenging the idea about how much God is involved in the design of your future. And that a manifesto, a lot of us don't live or maybe even know what a manifesto is, let alone have one written down or declared a manifesto about what our lives are to be. So we'll be talking about for a couple of weeks about how to design the life that God wants to fulfill and also the life that he wants to bless. And so it's going to be a great series. We invite you to be a part of it. We invite you to bring some friends to it as well. Also, on the 14th of January, we'll begin our week of prayer here at Crosstown. We do it for a whole week. Uh, we start and we meet early on Monday all the way through the week. We, we gather for prayer. We're on Facebook with it. So we invite you to be a part of that as well. You'll be hearing more about that next week. Also, if you're new to Crosstown, you can download our app. And in our app, it explains just about everything that we do. All of our old series are on there, as well as the announcements and the things that we'll be doing coming up in the new year. We'll have small groups kicking off in just a, a week or so. So it's really a great time to be a part of what God's doing here at Crosstown. And it, it looks like Little Miss uh, Clemson has um, uh, arrived behind me here. Where I, I, guys, Go I, Tigers! I can't choose what people wear up here, okay? <laughs> and then somebody quickly pointed out that they're sick of my Patriot jerseys and shoes that I wear every Sunday. So I figured Clemson would be an opportunity. Yeah, so you know. just, just prepare your heart. This is a really important I, I, Sunday. I know it's the lowest attended Sunday in the church calendar. Um, but it really is an important Sunday because it's kind of like, what do you do? It's, it's kind of like bowl game time. It's like you've prepared all year. You've had this year of events to position yourself to maybe a future. And this is a key moment to evaluate the past, to evaluate the future and, and where you are at this particular moment. So just open your heart as Stacy comes and shares with us about the new beginnings that God wants to do for all of us. Thank you so much. And, you know. He wears his Patriot shoes, and I wear my Clemson jacket. So the truth is I became a Clemson fan because I married a Clemson fan and had Clemson children. So that's the way it worked for me, <laughs> even though I did attend Carolina. So for all of you Carolina fans out there, 
you got a soft spot in my heart. So um, I am so thrilled to be with you guys this morning. It is great to be here. And we have come to that time of year where, you know, we're bringing, we've had all the holidays of Christmas and we've had all of that excitement. And now we're kind of in that in-between stage, you know, that time after Christmas, before the new year. And so often what happens during that time is we begin reflecting on this year that we've just finished and we begin looking forward to the year that is to come. And if you are like me, you kind of look back on the year and it's what you know. So whether the year was really good or whether the year was filled with some sorrow or some tragedy or some regrets, we tend to want to hold on to what we know. We tend to want a redo of the year. Because if it was a good year, I'd just like to redo that again because it was a good year and I don't know what the new year holds, but I know what this past year held and it was good, so I'll just do that again. Or if it was not a good year, if it was filled with some regrets or some losses, we just want to go back and do it over again because we think maybe if I just get one more chance to do it over, it would be different. But as we think about what 2018 held and what we can anticipate in 2019, looking at the past and looking to the future, um, I began thinking about what does the Lord say to us about things in the past and what does he say to us about things in the future? And uh, this verse out of Isaiah came, and I just, I think it's so appropriate for this time of year. Isaiah 43, 18 tells us clearly what the Lord says to us about the past and the future. And he says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I think so often we really do have a hard time not thinking back on the past, not replaying the things of old. You know, we like that idea of nostalgia. We like that idea of the way things used to be. For me, I have a middle schooler and a high school child. And so Christmas in my house is a little bit different than Christmas in my house was, say, 10 years ago, um, because my children are so much older older now, and there is some of that childhood magic that we don't experience in our home, and so that idea of remembering the former things and, and longing for the things of old, but I think what happens, for me at least, and for so many of us, is what the scripture says. The thing that really stands out to me is that we have a hard time perceiving this new thing. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And I think the reason that we go back to remembering the things of the past, to remembering the former things, is because we really have a very hard time perceiving this new thing. But I love how it's written. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Behold, I am doing a new thing, and it is springing forth. It's coming whether you're ready or not, whether you can perceive it or not. But our problem is our perception. Our problem is in our eyes. What are we seeing? Because all I can see are the circumstances around me. I see my regrets from 2018. I see my failures from 2018. I see my losses from 2018. And I have a hard time perceiving the new thing that God wants to do in 2019 in my life. And for some of you, you have significant losses in 2018. You have significant regrets from 2018. But the Lord is doing a new thing, even if you can't perceive it. And as I began thinking about this idea in the scripture that says, do you not perceive it? 
I started thinking about my son who's 11. As the Christmas season got kicked off in our house, which I don't know where you stand, but we put the Christmas tree up after Thanksgiving. If you put it up before Thanksgiving, that's okay, no problem, grace and peace to you. But we usually put it up the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and so we put the tree up and we got it decorated. And then a few days afterwards, I began wrapping some presents because I was convinced I was not going to be up late on Christmas Eve wrapping presents. I was up till midnight wrapping presents on Christmas Eve, but that's here nor there. Um, but I started out with a bang early in the season, and I began wrapping presents and putting them under the tree. And I really honestly didn't think much of it. Um, I would wrap a few gifts and stick them under the tree. And then I caught my son going under the tree and grabbing a present. And every day he would go back to the tree, and he would search through the gifts that were under the tree to see if any had his name on them. And I realized... Part of this Christmas season for my son is he is perceiving this new thing. He's looking. He's going to the tree, and he's anticipating the gifts. To him, that was almost as exciting as Christmas morning. We got real excited talking about I'd be cooking dinner, and he'd go over to the tree, and he'd pick up a present, and he would shake it, and he would say, hmm, it has my name on it. Let me hear it. Let me see how much it weighs. Oh, I hear the rattling in that. It must be Legos, Mom. I'm pretty sure that one's Legos. Or he'd pick it up and he'd feel it. Oh, I think that one's flip-flops, Mom. Yep, that feels like flip-flops. But there was this one gift that he kept going back to over and over again. And he would pick it up and he would shake it and he would figure out how much it weighed. And he would say, "I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just am at a loss. I have no idea what it is. But he still was able to perceive that there is a real gift wrapped up under the tree with his name on it, even though he didn't fully know what it was. He didn't fully understand it. And I think for us, this new thing that God is doing is kind of like the anticipation of Christmas morning for us, Um, that there are gifts wrapped for us. And God is doing this new thing. And he wants us, just like Joshua went daily to the tree, And that excitement built, and that excitement built until Christmas morning where he got to open those gifts and see what was in it. He had no idea what was in that gift. And honestly, it was probably the least exciting of all the gifts that I purchased him. It was three Nerf balls because my yellow lab keeps eating his Nerf balls. And so I had to replace them because she keeps eating them. But do you know there was more excitement wrapped up in those three little Nerf balls than in any of the other gadgets that he he really wanted a Fitbit watch? He had more excitement about the Nerf balls than he did the watch because he knew the watch was a reality and it was going to come because it's the only thing he asked for. But he didn't know the Nerf balls. But he, he so he had a hard time perceiving it. But so the same thing for us is. God has something in store for us. He's doing a new thing. And just like kids shaking Christmas presents, are you going to the tree? Are you having a hard time perceiving this new thing that God is doing? Our response to looking into 2019 should be much like Joshua's. We should be excited, even if we can't perceive this new thing that God is doing. And our response should be to look to him and have an expectation that God is going to give us good gifts. See, for a lot of us, we don't have that expectation that God's going to give us good things because we know the things that we have done. I am guilty of this. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just waiting on God to drop the other foot because the hammer down on me because I know. I know the thoughts I've had. I know the times I've lost my temper. I know the things that I've done that I regret. 
But the truth is, Scripture tells us every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above and that he has good things in store for us. And his kind intention, just like what Pastor Paul was telling us through the Advent season, that there is a kind intention of God towards every single one of us. But we have such a hard time perceiving that he has good gifts planned for us. Joshua didn't ask for Nerf balls. But I know him well enough to know his very favorite thing to do is to stand upstairs and take that ball and hit the wall and catch it and hit the wall and catch it and hit the wall. If you've been in my house in the last week, you've heard it because that's what he does. And I know that about him. I know him better than he knows himself. And I knew he would be excited about that good gift. But a lot of us feel like we have spent 2018 waiting. Anybody out there feel like you have spent 2018 waiting? waiting for that thing to come. Maybe for you, you've been waiting for that job, that career opportunity, or maybe you've been waiting for that significant other, or maybe you're waiting anxiously for a child, and you feel like 2018 was a loss for you because you waited and you waited and nothing came in 2018. I wanna encourage you this morning, if you spent 2018 waiting, Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. See, those of us who have spent 2018 waiting, we need to know that that waiting wasn't in vain, that our our strength has been renewed through that process. I know, you might not feel that way. You feel like another year has come and gone, and the promise that God has given to me, I don't feel like has been fulfilled, and you've spent that year waiting. I want you to go back to scripture. I want you to hold on to the truth of God's word that your strength is being renewed in that time of waiting. And I can speak this from my heart personally because I experienced this where there was a waiting and there's a waiting and an anticipation for one day what God is going to do and how he's going to make all things new one day. But in that process of waiting, what's going on personally in my life, what's going on personally in your life, as you look to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, he's renewing your strength. He is renewing your strength. And one day you're going to mount up on wings like eagles, and you're going to soar, and you're going to run and not get tired. So don't think that the waiting is in vain, and don't think the waiting is just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. I think that is the problem with this word waiting. We sit around and we twiddle our thumbs and we feel like we're just waiting. I mean, who wants to sit in a waiting room, right? None of us want to be in a waiting room. But this idea of waiting is looking to the future and anticipating what God's going to do with a hope and an expectancy. It's going to the Christmas tree and it's shaking the gift going, I don't know. I don't know, but it's real. That gift was very real for Joshua when he held it in his hand. He could feel it. He could see how it was wrapped. He could see the shape of it, but he had no idea what was in the inside of it because he couldn't perceive the new thing. And for those of us waiting, we are to wait with a hope and an expectancy because now this new thing is springing forth. And this new thing that God is doing for us is not new like you and I think of new. Have any of you ever gotten a new car and you love that new car smell and you get in your new car and you're like, ooh, it smells like a new car? What happens after about three months and four fast food lunches later, you don't have that new car smell anymore and now it smells like stale fries and last week's lunch, you know? I mean, I don't know, anyone else accidentally leave their leftovers in their car and then open it the next morning and go, ooh, that's rough, that's rough. 
But this, this new thing that God's doing for us is a new thing that will never grow old. It's a new thing that will always be new. We can't perceive that. You and I cannot perceive that it's a new thing that will never grow old because everything gets old. I mean, seriously, how many of us are almost a week past Christmas and all those new gadgets we got last week have now left us with credit card debt and mounds of trash? Again, am I the only one that had 17 black trash bags at the curb the day after Christmas? Those new things grow old, but God is doing a new thing that will never grow old. And so, so many times we stay in the past because it's what we know. We remember the former things. We consider the things of old and we forget because we don't understand how to perceive this new thing. But we need to be reminded of what God's word tells us. Revelation 21, 5, it says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And I love the next part. Also, he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Write it down. Because guess what? They're going to have a hard time perceiving this new thing that's always going to stay new. They're going to have a hard time perceiving it. But he said, I am making all things new. And you need to be able to trust it. And I'll tell you, for me personally, if you ask me, do I trust God? Absolutely, I trust God. Of course, I trust God. Yes, I trust God. Well, just a few days before Christmas, the Lord brought me to my knees, recognizing that I actually didn't really trust him. So this was a challenging Christmas for me. It was a little bit sad. It's my first Christmas without my dad. And there are just some other things going on in in our personal life at home right now that just make it a little bit sad of a Christmas because everything's not just wonderful and just great and hunky-dory. There are some people that are really hurting that are close to us. And so this year, just a few days before Christmas, I just kept, I remember walking and being in the neighborhood and just saying, God, I want to feel your joy. I want to feel your peace. But all I feel is sadness. All I feel is just an emptiness. And I don't know what to do. God, I've read your word. God, I'm, I'm talking to you. But my feelings are still sad. And I just remember him very gently saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Yes, of course I trust you, but I'm sad. And he's like, then you don't really trust me because you're letting your feelings lead the rest of the environment. You're letting your feelings lead everything else you're doing. And I just, I recognized. And so I I did what I do when God convicts me. I dropped to my knees. I mean, 24 hours I had been begging him, God, bring me peace, give me joy, I wanna be merry, and nothing, nothing. And in that moment where I dropped to my knees and I said, forgive me, because I have not believed you, I have not trusted you, I have not believed that you are true and trustworthy. And of course, I'm in the middle of create, you know, putting this message together and he brought me right to the scripture and he said, I know, that's why I wrote it down, because I knew where you would be. And when I said, forgive me, immediately this peace of God overwhelmed me. My situation didn't change. The things that were going on around me stayed the same, but the peace of God surrounded me. It was a peace that I could not explain. There was a joy that came over me and began to be my strength, and then I began moving forward. And I will tell you, Christmas Eve, if you were here, I don't know if it was just me or not, it was the best Christmas Eve service I've ever been in in my entire life. It was amazing. I felt the presence of God, and I just stood looking at my family thinking, 
You are true. You are trustworthy. No matter what we face, Lord, you are doing this new thing. Even though I can't perceive it, even though I don't understand it, he is a God who makes all things new. And he's not just giving us this new mechanism to prop up an old world. A lot of times we kind of want like the new upgrade. If you're a techie person, you've got an iPhone. You want the new upgrade because it's going to have a better software operating system on it. Again, the thing that God is doing that is new is not just a new mechanism to prop up this world that is still decaying. As a matter of fact, for those of us in Christ, Scripture tells us that he's making us a new creation. We're becoming new day after day. That blows my mind. I am becoming new day after day. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you are in Christ, you are being made new every single day. A newness that never grows old. The old has passed away. The former things, the things of old, don't consider those. Because right now, he is springing forth a new thing inside of me. A new thing inside of you. I know. If you're sitting there like me, you have such a hard time perceiving it because all you can remember is the things that you have done wrong. All you can remember is the things that you wish that you hadn't said, the places you wish you hadn't been. All of those things keep coming forth, but what he is doing is a new thing, and he is making us new in Christ every single day, a newness that lasts forever. And so in 2019, you have a choice. You can go into 2019 carrying around the things of old. You can carry around your shame. You can carry your regret. You can carry your unforgiveness into 2019. Or you can make a choice to begin asking him to help you perceive this new thing that is springing forth. Because he is here to make a way in the wilderness. He is here to put streams in the desert for every single one of us. But we have a choice what we want to take into 2019. See, we, we also understand that he is making all things new. He's making us a new creation. And so a lot of times our response to really bad things that go on in the world is, I know, but one day God's going to make it right. He is going to make it right. But we, we lose that here and now. We're in this, just like this time of year, this week, after Christmas, before the new year, is such a perfect illustration of the here and now that we sit in um, that there's, there's this thing that's coming to an end, and then there's this new thing that is about to happen. And we're in that in-between stage. It's the presence under the tree that we've been shaking, but Christmas morning is coming for every single one of us. There is a time when he will make all things new, every hurt, every regret, every shame that you carry. But he doesn't just want you to wait until the future to experience that. He wants you to experience it right here, right now. But our minds have such a hard time perceiving that reality. But it is real. That reality is there. But we have such a hard time, and we just kind of go, I know, but one day, one day God's going to wipe away every tear. And I'm not making light of that. He will do that one day. But he said, 
Go to the tree. Shake the present. And every now and then, I might just let you open one early. I might just give you my peace right here in this moment. I might wash over you with mercy and compassion and love and generosity and favor and kindness. Those are the presents that God has for us. But are we going to go to the tree and are we going to shake those gifts and are we going to anticipate what God has for us? See, he, the reality is when we think about Jesus and we think about the New Testament and what Jesus says to us, Jesus says, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is already done. When, Jesus, when we look at Jesus' life in the gospel accounts, over and over again, he says, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is upon us. How could Jesus say that? How could he tell us that? Because he understands there is a time where he brings heaven and earth together. Goodwill towards man, peace on earth. And it's in those moments when we choose to perceive this new thing that he's doing, when we choose to remind ourselves that he is trustworthy, that we can believe him. I know, but you don't understand how bad this situation is. You're right. We're... I, I know some people who are facing impossible situations. I know people who have been waiting a long time. But I also know what the Lord has promised and that he will fulfill his promise, that he is true and trustworthy. And even when I don't understand it, Joshua didn't know what the gift was, but he loved it once he opened it. But there was that excitement leading up to it. And we are already seated in the heavenlies. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul tells us that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And it is so hard for my mind to perceive that. It is so hard for me to go, you're right, I've been given every spiritual blessing. Because when I wake up in the mornings, usually my ankle hurts, my hip hurts, I'm still pretty tired. But then I remember what the Apostle Paul tells us, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, that we have been given redemption through the blood of Christ, that we've been given the forgiveness of sins, that there is the unification of all things on heaven and earth, that everything is going to be unified together, and that we have also been given the promise of the Holy Spirit that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit because God knows that we forget. God knows that we have a hard time perceiving this future that he has for us. God knows that our natural inclination is going to be to go and look at the former things. You know, I, the first time I ever really heard this verse out of Isaiah, um, I was listening to a woman give her testimony, and she was sharing about how God had used this verse to really um, minister to her heart. So she, her daughter had just graduated high school and they were literally driving home from her daughter's graduation. She graduated number one in her class. She was going to the college of her dreams. They were so excited and they were really looking forward to the future and all that God had in store for her daughter. And on the way home to their house to the, for the party to celebrate, they were in a car accident and her daughter became a paraplegic. And she said for the next year, she was in agony and pain, asking God, why? Why can't you go back and change that one time in history? Why can't you change that one moment? If you would just make everything like it was before. And she said one day she was just begging God to go back and change it. And he took her to this verse and he said, remember, 
not the things of old. I am doing a new thing. You can't perceive it, but it is springing forth. And today, her daughter goes around the country traveling and speaking and encouraging other high school students that no matter what they face, that they can serve a God who is doing a new thing. And she said it took a long time to learn that lesson. And I think some of us are in those desperate situations, but the Lord wants you to be reminded of what the Apostle Paul has said to us, that we have been given the spiritual blessings, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Listen to how he says it in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's decorated the tree and he's put gifts under it for us. He's given us every blessing in the heavenly places. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, because he knows we have a hard time perceiving it, but he's making it known to us. Christmas morning is coming, but enjoy this time. Look at the presence. Anticipate what's happening according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So wherever you are today, whatever 2018 held for you and whatever 2019 holds for you, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation being made new every day and you have been given every spiritual blessing. Call it to mind. What are those spiritual blessings that we have been given? We have been given redemption. Through the blood of Christ, we have been given redemption. We have been redeemed. We have been taken out of the dominion of darkness, and we have been placed into the kingdom of light. That is the reality for us, whether or not we perceive it. We have been given redemption. We've been given the forgiveness of our sins so we can willingly forgive others who have harmed us, who have wronged us, and the unification of heaven and earth. That there is a hope to come one day. There will be a final fulfillment. Christmas morning is coming for every single one of us. But look forward to it every single day. So if you want to move into the new year with hope and assurance, you have a choice. You can cling to the promises of God instead of clinging to the past. That's what he wants you to do. If you are here today and you have had a really difficult 2018, what does he want you to do? God says cling to the promises of God instead of clinging to your past. Let go. I know. I know it's hard. I know the nostalgia takes us back to the former things and the what ifs and the should have and the could haves. But God said cling to my promises. His promises are true and trustworthy for all of us. But our job is to call them to mind. We got to go to the tree. We got to look for our gift. His word tells us that he has given us great and precious promises. Are you willing to open the precious promises that God's given to us? As we um, are are ending today, I just want to end with these verses out of Lamentations. I know, Lamentations, right? Not many people read it. And the reason is because it's really rough. There's a lot of bad stuff in there. And a lot of this talks about Israel and how Israel sinned against God and Israel rebelled against God. And Israel had to suffer some consequences because of the things that they did. But when they were overwhelmed, when they were discouraged, this is what we're told to do. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. I love how when you're reading this in scripture, it starts talking about, I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. And then it goes into, what is the Lord? The Lord is steadfast. His love and his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. And then immediately it goes back to first person. Great is your faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness of God. Because when we begin believing that, when we begin internalizing that, we can't help but put it in first person. I know God is good to her. God is good. God is faithful. But when we begin understanding that he's good to me, yeah, me, old wretched me, he's good to me, then my only response is, great is your faithfulness. You, Lord, are my portion. My soul says I will have hope in you and you alone, not in my circumstance, not in what I'm waiting to be fulfilled, but no matter what. Christ in me, the hope of glory, I will hope in you. You will be my portion. So the question to us today is, Are you hoping in the reversal of the past or the newness of Christ? That's the question we have to answer as we finish 2018 and we head into 2019. Are you hoping for a reversal of the past or the newness of Christ? Are you ready to let go of the shame, the unforgiveness, the hurt? Are you ready to let go of the losses in 2018 and cling to the promises of God? And remember the newness of Christ, that we are a new creation being made new every morning, just like the sun comes up and a new day dawns every single day. His mercies are new every single morning, every single hour for us. So as we move into this time of expressions, it's a time where God's been speaking to us this morning, and this is our opportunity to respond to him. This is our opportunity to respond to what God has been saying to us. And so I don't know where you're coming from this morning. I don't know what your 2018 was. Maybe it was great. And so maybe during this moment of expression, you want to respond by taking the bread and the blood of Christ, and you want to partake and remember the sacrifice that he made and celebrate the newness of life. Or maybe for you, you're clinging to the shame, the regret, the unforgiveness, the betrayal, the jealousy, the resentment. He's inviting you to nail it to the cross this morning. Don't take that into 2019 with you. Because whether or not you perceive it, he is springing forth a new thing. Just like fireworks on New Year's Eve are going to pop forth, he is bringing forth a new thing. And he will make rivers in the wilderness and streams in the desert. He is doing a new thing. And he is making us new every day. And maybe for you today, you want to go and pray with the pastors or the elders or just stay right where you are and worship God. Wherever you are, respond to what God has been saying this morning. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you that you are a God who makes all things new and you wrote it down so we could know that you are true, your word is trustworthy, and we can cling to your promises. Thank you that you are a God who says we do not have to hope for the past and a reversal of that, but that we can cling to the promises of the future and what you're going to do, that you're going to create in us a new heart daily, that we are a new creation day after day, 
being renewed day after day to walk in the fullness of Christ. We thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit as a promise, as a guarantee for what is to come, that we can celebrate now and in the future. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.